Welcome to our sisters and brothers of the Machinist Union and allies in the labor movement. This is the 141 Report, and I'm your host, Dave Lehigh, a communications representative for District Lodge 141. This week, we have a very special guest. I'm happy to have the President and Directing General Chairperson for District Lodge 141, Mike Clem. Brother Mike will be updating us on some of the things that are happening around the district and the airlines we have membership on. So join us as our 141 report starts now. Mr. President, thank you for joining me today uh, for this week's report. How you doing, Brother Mike? Hey, Dave, thanks for having me on. It's great to be here and uh, appreciate your patience with uh, you and I making this happen. It's long overdue and glad we were finally able to get it to go. You've been a busy man. So, uh, Mike, uh, you've been representing IM members for some time. Can you please give our viewers your history on where you came from and how you rose through the ranks to now serve as District 141's President Directing General Chair? Yeah, so uh, sure can, Dave. So uh, grew up in JFK, became a United Ramp Service employee in JFK right here in New York. Um, and uh, from there, uh, I, I became a shop steward in uh, two th- uh, I'm sorry, 1999. And a couple of years later, I ran for the grievance committee position for the ramp service only. And that was in 2001. Uh, about five years later, in 2006, I ran for the committee chairman position, which oversees both JFK and LaGuardia. Uh, and then a couple of years later, uh, I got tapped to, to uh, run for assistant general chairperson and uh, took that opportunity and was fortunate enough to be elected by the membership to, to serve this district in that capacity. And then in 2015, I became the president director and general chairman. But uh, quite frankly, Dave, none of this would be possible if you would just give me a minute to indulge you without the incredible support from my local lodge there in New York, uh, 1322. And just a little quick shout out to all my brothers and sisters over in JFK and LaGuardia. So just want to thank you guys. This wouldn't have been possible without all of you from the very start. So thank you. Awesome. So Brother Mike, as president directing general chair, you're involved in negotiations with the carriers that you uh, have in District Lodge 141. Can you bring us up to speed on where we are currently at with some of the carriers? Sure. Uh, so, well, first and foremost, Dave, uh, one carrier that you grew up on is uh, American Airlines, which, um, as you know, as well as I do, uh, about a year and a half ago, back in March of 20, uh, we came to a joint collective bargaining agreement uh, and once again raised the bar in the industry. And we what I'm the most I'm most proud about uh, the, the incredibly high ratification percentage, which turned out to be the highest ratification percentage in District Lodge 141 history on that contract. Now, uh, we had some help from our brothers and sisters over to TWU as well, uh, but none of that would have been possible without the incredible efforts from my District Lodge offices off the American Airlines property. So I want to thank them for their efforts on that contract. And then uh, currently, uh, we're in negotiations with Spirit Airlines. Um, and, you know, with Spirit, we're in our first contract, and, and as is always the case, the first contract is not the, the prettiest of contracts, but you got to get your foot in the door, and you got to start from somewhere. So uh, our, our goal is to make significant progress or significant improvements in that contract, and uh, there's not a better guy to have and re- responsible for that than my assistant general chairman, Tony Gibson, who oversees Spirit and is leading up negotiations over there at, at um, Spirit. So... He, he's in tune with what the members are looking for. He's in tune with the uh, the improvements, obviously, after proposals as well. And then he's got a tremendous help from our committee chairman down there, Chris Willis, and the rest of the negotiating team. Um, so uh, we're looking forward to 
hopefully sometime in the fall here, having a tentative agreement for those folks to uh, take a look at and, and vote on. And uh, hopefully that happens sooner rather than later. Uh, then over Hawaiian Airlines, uh, a carrier um, that needs no introduction, uh, we entered into expedited uh, negotiations. We had some success with that over at United uh, back in 2016. So we, we thought we'd give it a, sh uh, a shot with the Hawaiian Airlines. And we were making some tremendous strides there before COVID. And uh, quite frankly, we even started to uh, have some um, good meetings after COVID when we picked up a couple months ago. So we had an executive council session uh, back in July. And uh, we didn't get the TA. We had hoped to get a tentative agreement that week, but we didn't quite get there. Um, so what we're going to do now is we're going to give it um, one more shot uh, with getting together. Uh, and obviously, at this moment right now, we have some different views than the management over there at Hawaiian Airlines on the remaining topics, which are some of the more important ones uh, for the members. And that's, uh, you know, your, your, uh, your wages, your benefits, um, you know, job, job protection and scope, all important, all important issues for, for our members. So not really seeing eye eye with the carry right now, but hopefully we will get there um, in the next meeting. And if not, we'll have to make the difficult decision whether to terminate the expedited negotiations and head into section six. So that remains to be seen. We don't have a definitive date on that. We're hoping to get that scheduled within the next month or so, next month to six weeks. And we'll communicate that with the membership once we do have definitive dates. Now, United Airlines is a, is an animal, a different animal altogether. Uh, then Spirit or Hawaiian Airlines, you know, those carriers rely a lot on leisure travel, uh, which is what is filling the majority of the seats in the air today. Um, as everyone knows, um, there are less seats in the air today, and, and the cost of those seats are, are even um, much lower than they were in the past when the industry was booming uh, before COVID. So uh, United relies on uh, business travel, and uh, they rely on uh, International travel. Now, international travel has come back a little bit uh, and is ahead of the curve uh, as far as compared to business travel, but it's not anywhere near the levels it was at pre-COVID. So now with that said, uh, you know, uh, United looks like they're going to make some profits here in the third and fourth quarters, which is obviously a good sign. Um, but we we don't want we didn't see the need to prematurely jump into negotiations until we can fully gauge the landscape of the carrier. Um, in, in March of 2020, uh, we, we had agreed to enter expedited negotiations again. As I mentioned earlier, we had success with that in 2016. So we figured why not? Then COVID hit and both sides agreed to uh, put that, uh, those expedited negotiations on the shelf until we see what was going on. Now, the players have changed on both sides, quite frankly, since the 2016 negotiations. So uh, especially on the company side. So it remains to be seen uh, if the new regime will be as employee friendly as the previous regime. Uh, and our members uh, rewarded the previous regime with giving uh, the carriers um, some of the best years of the of, in the carrier's history. So uh, hopefully um, that will uh, carry over and translate into a productive and pretty quick um, negotiation, negotiation uh, situation coming up. Now, with all that said, We'll have a better idea if the expedited negotiations are going to work from our side of the spectrum when we canvass our members for proposals, because only the members can tell us if there's a lot of items that need to be fixed or a lot or, or only a few that need to be addressed. So um, now we expect to have a more defined uh, agenda um, that we can communicate with our members once we sit down and have a discussion with United. And uh, I fully expect that to happen sometime in uh, the next couple of months in the fall for sure.
Okay, that's uh, a great report, Mike. Uh, I know we got some smaller groups uh, that are out there. Uh, we just signed a an agreement, uh, ratified an agreement with uh, Flagship and some of the other smaller groups. Uh, you want to make a comment on on those? Oh, that, yeah, that's a great point, Dave. I appreciate you bringing it up. Yeah, we did just ratify uh, overwhelmingly over at Flagship, which is out on the West Coast. Uh, tremendous job by Troy Rivera, my assistant general chairman who oversees those negotiations and is the uh, person responsible for that uh, that group over there. And uh, I mean, just to give you an idea, we, we probably from start to finish that probably took, uh, including ratification, it probably took two months. Now, you know, I know people at Spirit and Hawaiian Airlines, and I'm sure the folks over at United are going to be like, why isn't that us? But uh, that's not the norm. It's uh, more of an, uh, uh, it's very rare to get things done that quickly. But uh, I tip my cap to the management team over at Flagship and, of course, Troy Rivera and the entire negotiating team from Flagship that they were able to get that done so quickly and so favorably for the membership. That was great news. That was great news. So, Mike, I know that uh, District Lodge 141 has a very large executive board. Uh, I know many of them. Uh, can you describe to me what it's like to work with such a big, talented group of brothers and sisters? Absolutely. So, Dave, you're right. We do have a large executive board, and that's because District Lodge 141 is the largest district in the IAM. I'm really blessed and lucky to have the assistant general chairpersons that I have, as, as well as the special reps who are out there every day servicing our membership making sure the uh, administering the contract on the respective carriers, uh, obviously the vice presidents and trustees. I, I demand more out of those folks than uh, I believe my predecessors did. And they, they come through uh, with flying colors and, and carrying the water for the whole team, which I'm greatly appreciative for. Then of course, my secretary treasurer, who along with the trustees uh, monitor the money of the district, which is obviously a crucial part of the business. You know, we answer every email that comes our way. Uh, we return every call. Uh, we, we don't always give the member the answer they want to hear, but we give the answer, we give the member the factual answer. Um, many of our current executive board came on with me back in 2008. And uh, since then, despite the, the way we were, the industry was ravished by COVID, we've nearly doubled our membership in that time frame. So uh, I also want to point out in the first half of so far in 2021, which we're, I guess we're about seven months in now. Um, we've, we've won nearly $190,000 in back pay and bypass pay for our members. And that number is nearly, th nearly $3 million since 2008. So in 2001 alone, we've also saved 29 jobs from people who were wrongfully terminated. And that number is a little over 1,200 since 2008. So you can see these brothers and sisters that I'm fortunate enough to have on my team here on the executive board really go above and beyond the call of duty and, and service the membership the way they deserve to be served. Outstanding, outstanding. So uh, as President Directing General Chair, uh, you oversee several departments, such as our Safety Department, Employee Assistance Department, Education, Legislation, Community Service, and my Department of Communications. Uh, can you explain to our viewers why these departments are so important to our membership? Absolutely. So obviously, I got to give a, a little bit of a attaboy to uh, my Assistant General Chairman, Eric Stenberg, who oversees the Safety Department for our group. Um, and uh, he does a fabulous job of keeping all the carriers in tune with each other. He's got tremendous support from his directors over there. I mean, uh, I'm sure everybody knows the infamous uh, Bill Salo. Um, uh, I, I think the most important thing I can say about Bill, besides his incredible attention to detail when it comes to safety and, and how much he, he cares about the safety of our members, is the fact that when anybody like myself comes into a, into the role of a president directing chairman, they usually make some changes to 
to get their own people around and, and people they, that share the same vision. Well, Bill Salo has been the safety director for three different president directing chairmen. So that just goes to show you just how valuable he is to the organization. So uh, I'm, I'm proud of the fact that we implemented the GSAP over at American Airlines uh, by again, partnering with our brothers and sisters over to TWU. Uh, but make no mistake, if it wasn't for the incredible work of Tony D and Dennis Spencer, uh, they're, the, they're the two guys that got us over the hill there with the GSAP, which has been an ongoing uh, battle uh, with the carrier and, and implementing it over there for a long time. So I want to just thank all those guys, because as everybody knows, it's the most important thing for, for us, and I'll give this to the carriers as well, uh, is to have their employees, our members, return to work. I'm sorry, return home the same way they came to work. So safety is everybody's number one concern, and it's got to continue to be front and center for everybody. So uh, then EAP, you know, Brian Hutchinson, and his team do a great job over there, being there for our members in times of need. And, uh, you know, while we're talking about it, I just want to try to eliminate that false stigma that EAP is only for people with alcohol or drug problems. You know, EAP is uh, for many issues, for any issue really that you have. And and of course, mental health has become a more prominent issue across our country, let alone in our industry. And after COVID, uh, what, it's crucial that we have these EAP folks in place and, and uh, make sure that they're there for our members and, and address any issues that they're, they're facing at such a difficult time. Then education. Education was one of my biggest goal, uh, goals when I first took over as president back in 2015. Um, uh, because the more educated your members are, the more powerful your union are, the more solidarity you have for when, and that'll help you achieve industry-leading contracts like we've been able to do over the last five or six years. And Mike McGovern and his team, they've exceeded my expectations. Even during the uh, pandemic, they were on Zooms and conducting training classes via Zoom. And uh, they just do a lot of great stuff over there and keeping our, our members educated on the, on the good uh, on the importance of solidarity and the importance of knowing the contract and making sure the carriers don't violate the agreement. Uh, uh, our legislative department led up by Dave Roderick. I mean, listen, there's no secret, Dave. Uh, I know you're a pretty political guy yourself and uh, politics and raising money through for MMPL is the trickiest part of our business. Uh, we, we know we have some members that are Democrats or that support Democrats. We know we have members that support uh, Republicans. And, and quite frankly, uh, I'll speak for myself. I'm not trying to change anyone's allegiance. What we try to do through MMPL is raise money to support politicians that support labor. I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense for me or anyone to support a politician who's going to vote on labor matters, which will negatively impact your right to make a living. It doesn't matter if you're a Demo Democrat or Republican, and, and it, it matters how you view labor and labor issues. That, that's what the most important part is of MMPL. And again, Dave Roderick uh, tries to educate our members about the importance of that. And he does a great job in trying to uh, raise money through MMPL. Um, we got our community service department, which we were just kind of getting uh, the wheels on the ground or the uh, or our feet on the ground with, with Christina there. Um, COVID obviously slowed that down. Uh, it's a, it, To me, it's going to be one of our uh, it's going to be a program that's going to make our members proud. I mean, obviously, one of our biggest fundraisers through community service uh, gets attributed to uh, guide dogs. But what we want to do more with Christina's help, and she's doing a great job of getting that up and running again, is check in with the local lodges and find out what's important in each, in each community of each of one of our local lodges across the system. 
And so the district can support, show support in their community and help them raise money. And quite frankly, nobody's better at it than Christina, hence why she holds the title of community service director. Communications, my favorite department, Dave, if I may say, not just because you're on here. Uh, obviously a department uh, that has made me look better than I really am. Uh, and a, a department that uh, is crucial to keep our members in tune to what's going on, not only within our district, but within the whole union. And you guys do an absolutely outstanding job of keeping our members informed. And I'm greatly, greatly appreciative of it. Uh, you know, someone who also chips in with the uh, communications for me is uh, the one and only Ann Clifford. And I have, like I said earlier, I'm fortunate to have a lot of great people around me, but uh, I hope you'll all understand that uh, Ann Clifford is right at the top of that, top of those charts. And uh, I don't know where I would be without her. So I just want to thank her for what she does, not only for me, but the membership. She, she helps out with the local lodge. She, she helps out with communications. She helps out with community service. She really does it all. We actually uh, let her go on vacation this week to kind of recharge the batteries. So I'm wishing her a great vacation. Oh, she's great. Everybody loves Ann. When you got a question, we always give her a call. Mike, uh, when you started your career at United Airlines, it was uh, already unionized. And some of our viewers are that are watching right now are from non-union carriers. Uh, what advice would you give to them? Well, hey, look, Dave, I see all the rhetoric uh, that come from the Deltas and the, and the, all the, all the anti-union rhetoric that comes from the Deltas and the JetBlues. But what I would ask people who work for those carriers is just, just take a look and ask yourself, why do these carriers spend so much money on their anti-union campaigns when they can just simply give that money to us and make our quality of life better? And the answer is simple, because those carriers know that the union is going to negotiate better wages, better, better benefits, better job protection. In fact, they, will know, they know that the union will, will negotiate a better quality of life for those people. In my opinion, it would be best for us when we're talking to these folks, these non-union folks, to just make sure we, we limit their expectations. When you join a union, you're not going to become rich. The key to joining a union is to get a seat at the table and make sure that the, the, the respective carriers that you are working for give you the respect that you deserve. And uh, I, I just don't think there's anything better than that. I mean, there's no question that when the American Airlines and the United and all the contracts. When when we negotiate contracts, that lifts the bar for those for those non-union carriers as well. Could you imagine how powerful it would be if everybody in the airline industry was was union? The carriers wouldn't be able to run and hide anymore. That's for sure. Yeah, that's that's, that's the truth. That's the truth. Well, uh, before we close out, uh, uh, Mike, with this report, um, I always like to give my guests an opportunity. If, if there's anything that we missed in this conversation uh, that you, you might want to make mention of before we close out? Well, if I may, Dave, what I'd really like to do is just kind of thank all our grievance committees out there, our local lodge offices, and of course, all our members. Uh, without your incredible support, we would not have been able to achieve the industry-leading contracts that we that we have in recent years. And we've raised the bar, bar like I said a, a moment ago, for everyone else in the, in the airport industry. But more importantly, I think it's important for the carriers for which you work for and to realize that they're indebted to you for all the hard work that you've put into the carriers and helping them get through this brutal pandemic. Uh, it has been a very difficult uh, year and a half, almost two years now. I'm not even sure we're out of the woods yet. You know, the Delta variant now seems to be wreaking havoc across our country. And uh, I just wish we wouldn't politicize the, uh, the COVID virus the way we are. And hopefully people get on board and make the decision that's best 
for themselves and their loved ones. Um, and Dave, I'd be remiss if I didn't take this opportunity to just give you a huge, huge thank you on behalf of the entire District Lodge 141 Executive Board and all the members of District Lodge 141 in this great union for all you do to keep us informed, Dave. You have taken uh, social media and this District Lodge 141 report and exceeded anyone's expectations. You do a fantastic job, and I'm truly indebted to you, Dave, for all you do for our members. Thank you, brother. Thank you, Mike. I really appreciate you coming on uh, today's show. Well, this wraps up this week's 141 report. Thank you to all our viewers for tuning in to watch our show each week. Uh, just last week's report, we had over 5,800 viewers tune in. We thank everyone that continues to share, follow, subscribe to our social media sites that can be found on our main website, iam141.org. Uh, remember also to please sign up for our emails. You can always find that up in the upper right-hand corner on the main website. Mike, once again, thanks for joining me. Everyone have a great weekend. Stay safe. Bye for now. Mm -hmm.